1: What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in to another episode here early in the Big 3 offseason. And it's March, and slower, slowly we are getting closer and closer to that time frame where guys start announcing they're going to join the league. Guys are telling us that they're going to return. There's some updates on some new changes within the league. You know, Ice Cube's always got something cooking up in his sleeve about something new and innovative coming. We obviously already got a glimpse of where the league's going to be playing in 2023 this summer. So a lot of exciting things here in March. And hopefully, I, I mean, these things ramp up pretty quickly. So hopefully we get some news here within this month or hopefully early next month. Obviously, the tryouts, as we've seen, have usually happened around that April-May time frame. So fingers crossed we get some news here soon. But thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Not a ton of news today, but... As you can tell by the description, we have an awesome interview today with Keyword 3's KJ McDaniels. Before we talk about that and get into the interview with KJ, I just want to say thank you to all the support up to this point so far. And if you're not already following the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, any kind of social media, make sure you do so. It's at Man Pod pretty much on every social media out there at Fourthman Pod Man Pod. If you want to watch the visual version of our episodes. It's YouTube.com/slash FourthManPod as well, and really appreciate the platform that we're given by Believe Network and Dash Radio, and the guys over from Nothing But Net. We appreciate you guys who are tuning in on that end, and just appreciate you guys at Believe for giving us the platform to continue to talk about the Big Three as we continue to grow and grow here in 2023. All right, like I mentioned, just have the interview today. Not a ton of news going on within the Big Three. Currently, we obviously got an update last week or the week before about just some things uh, in terms of the schedule and where which cities they're going to be playing in. Kind of took a deep dive into that on in the last episode. So if you want to hear a little bit more about that, make sure you go check out that episode. But other than that, it's kind of a, a slowly ramping thing. We've seen some things that Ice Cube is doing just on his end, but a lot of behind the scenes work, it seems like that's not necessarily open to the public. There's been a little bit of talk about maybe taking the traditional route to ownership and having these teams sold, which could mean that these teams could have their own affiliate cities. We don't really know yet, but there's been some early talks about that. So I'm sure Ice Cube, we've already seen some incredible work done from him as a CEO, and I'm sure that he's going to continue to come up with some big and bright ideas to make sure this thing continues to kick and move along, you know, at the rate that we, the league was going just stutter a couple of times there. The league was going at a strong rate, you know, up into 2019 before the COVID year. So hopefully we can get back to there, or get a little bit closer this year as the league continues to grow and grow. But all that being said, you know, we, not a ton of news, very fortunate to have Killer 3's KJ McDaniels on, who was a second round pick last year, just finished up his rookie season in the big three. And a guy that took a little bit of time to get some, Things going, earned the trust of a tightly knit Killer Three squad. But once he did, really fit into that team very seamlessly, and really cool to see. You know, by the end of week seven, week eight, kind of just him fitting into the culture of what the Killer Threes guys over there, guys like Frank, Dante, Josh Powell, and then obviously Oak, who's been there since day one. Really cool to see him kind of fit into that that culture that Killer Threes has built over the past few years. But all that being said. Let's go ahead and jump into our interview with KJ McDaniels of Killer3s. All right, so first guest of the year, and today we're welcome on by former Clemson star, NBA vet and Killer3s player, KJ McDaniels. KJ again, appreciate you coming on and welcome to the show.
0: No doubt, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me
1: just start here. It's been a pretty good week, couple weeks for you. you now you recently had your 30th birthday. You debuted a new pair of sneakers. And then, as of recently, you just dropped 31-21 and in a big win over the Warriors over there. How are you feeling just over the past couple
0: of weeks? Uh, it's been, been fun, man. You know, I'm enjoying the start of the new year. Um, blessed to be, you know, able to, you know, play the game I love over here in the Philippines, in the PBA, playing with a lot of great competition um, and, you know, seeing a lot of familiar faces as well. Definitely.
1: I feel like there's been a lot of guys from the big three as well, or maybe that you saw this past summer that have been playing over there. As of recently, can you just talk a little bit about what you enjoy about playing in the PBA and the level of competition
0: within the league? Um, well, first, uh, you know, the country, you know, they love basketball over here. Uh, they really appreciate the game. Um, and, you know, they, they've they always embraced me since, you know, my first first game over here um then you know, I have fans over here uh, and it's been it's been just a fun experience man it's a blessing you know to be able to continue to play the game you know I love in the competition it's been you know great uh, a lot of talent over here um, you know a lot of guys that are you know a lot older than me still playing and a lot of the young guys that are coming in and playing there you know they're phenomenal so you know it's been been great great experience and I'm just blessed that's awesome and especially
1: going to a country where you're supported by people you didn't even realize were supporting you so that's got to be a really cool experience and it just feels like a lot of people are drawn to the pba so i'm excited to see how that league continues to grow as well um before we get into the big three i kind of want to talk a little bit about your journey getting to the big three just in summary going back to your clemson days i really remember your clemson days with you and jaron blossom game you got for a couple Mm -hmm. stars at clemson obviously you had some great years there but I feel like a lot of the credit for Clemson, or there's not as much credit for Clemson basketball as there is Clemson football. Maybe just because over the recent years, I would love to know something uh, from your perspective that people don't know about Clemson basketball. Like, is there what's something about Clemson basketball that people should know that people don't know? Maybe outside of the the inner Clemson team.
0: Oh uh, well, first off, uh, Clemson, you know, it's a uh, basketball. is a gritty, a gritty system. Uh, it's for you know underdogs, people that's been, you know, overlooked, basically. And, um, you know, going into Clemson, I, you know, I used to watch a lot of ACC games, just basketball, period. But, you know, specifically when I watched Clemson game, they were, you know, always a great team. Um, you know, I was a big – still am big uh, Trevor Booker fan. Uh, when he was there playing, I got to play with, you know, a lot of great guys my freshman year. Uh, and Tanner Smith, Andre Young, uh, Brian Narsis, um uh, Milton Jennings, so uh, and Devin Booker as well. So you know, it's a you know, it was a great, great uh, group of guys that we came in with my freshman year, and you know, we knew from then like the team was you know gritty, and um, you know that's what that's what Clemson basketball is all about—grit and heart. And um, you know, the, the guys are doing great now um, with the record uh, that they have. They've been you know showing a lot of heart as well. A lot of great guys there, and, um, you know, I'm I'm happy to see them succeed and doing 100%, well. 100%.
1: Yeah, and I feel like two people forget, like, Clemson is in the ACC. I think it's overlooked a lot in the football, you know, in the football world, but in the basketball world, ACC is a different level of competition, whereas oh, yeah. ACC and football is just, you know, it doesn't necessarily have the best rep for, like, being the, one of the most talented Power Five conferences when it comes to football. So you guys play a lot of – I'm sure you, you played against a lot of great players when they were at Duke, North Carolina, and wherever else, Syracuse, teams like that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I played against a lot of great players. Um, you know, guys are still, still, you know, playing now. They might not be in the NBA, but, you know, they're somewhere, you know, playing uh, and just being able to play for that long is, you know, it's, it's a blessing for anybody. And I'm, you know, just wishing everybody to stay healthy
1: yeah for sure and i'm sure it prepared you to go to the nba you went you were at clemson for three years jumped to the nba got drafted by the sixers in the second round i there there's a lot of buzz around your name specifically on the defensive end just because what you did in college uh, blocking shots obviously making your presence known guarding some of the best offensive players from a night-to-night basis and it felt like a lot of teams early on in your career were kind of leaning into that um Mm -hmm. like specifically to you to bring i bring you in for that defensive presence but I felt like, and, I, and maybe you can correct me here, but I feel like in today's world, there are you know, those defensive specialist kind of guys that are still on rosters and teams. But they have felt like they have a little bit of a longer leash than maybe you got to experience within the NBA, despite you actually yeah. being a better scorer than a lot of the guys that are yeah. like those defensive specialists. Do you feel like in the 2010s, early 2010s, teams didn't emphasize that defensive guy in the roster maybe as much as they do now?
0: Um. Well, I mean, I feel like it's not. You know, it's like you said. Uh, you know, no disrespect, but like I am a better scorer than you know, some of the guys, most of the guys now. Um, but you know, I, I and you know, I wasn't you know given a fair chance. I don't think. But you know, that's in the past now. I have to you know just move on and still work on ways to improve my game. Um, but no, I don't think it's really. Um, I don't think they. You know you. It just, it's, it's hard, like, you know, going back to, you know, seeing, like, how it was when I was playing to now, I don't really know what's being said or, you know, being um, explained when guys are coming on to, you know, playing. And I don't feel like defensive is, is such a big, you know, thing anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't take, you know, as much pride For as sure. we, you know, did. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's different. You know, the game has changed a lot um, in good ways and, you know, and, you know, some, you know, negative ways, but uh, it's different opinions from different people. Um, and I know if I was, you know, given a chance to be back in the NBA, I, I mean, I'd definitely take it and, you know, just do what I need to do as a player from coming from the organization or coaching staff. So, you know, it is what it is.
1: No, I feel that. I, I love your perspective on that. And I bring it up because recently Gilbert Renus was talking about Bill Lambier and how he wouldn't be able to succeed in today's today's nba because of how aggressive he was and uh he wasn't really as good of a defender it was mostly just because the rule changed so i brought it up just because you can see how much like the game has changed like you said but also too that tenacity on defense just it's really just not the same i mean an all-star game i know it's not a good representation of it but we saw what that looked like the other night in comparison to what it used to look like so i love to get your perspective just on like the different eras and how much you've seen it change i
0: mean i I have seen it change. You know, I saw a few of the interviews after the All-Star game. Um, And All-Star weekend is, you know, it's for the fans and for the best guys to come out there and play. And, you know, I feel like just with the intensity of the season going on, guys probably don't want to go out there and get hurt Mm -hmm. in some way um, just because they know they have a second half of the season um, and they want to compete for a championship. But, I mean, you know, um, I feel like they'll change it moving forward. And, you know, that just – it, it's no, they're not controlled by anybody to go out there and play hard. So, for they, sure, you know, go out there and play hard, you know, celebrating LeBron with the, um, you know, passing, you know, Kareem and just seeing him out there for as long as he's been. And I feel like that's a, you know, big thing to look at Um, besides that. So, you know, that's a major accomplishment. Yeah. And I definitely understand. And congrats to, to the like, king for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. Congrats to LeBron. And I definitely understand because. You know, you don't want you geared up for the heftier part of your run within the season after the All-Star yeah. break. So it, it totally makes sense. It's just crazy what you, uh, I guess, see in comparison to what you used to see back in the day. But within that All-Star weekend, too, we we saw a lot of young guys propped up, which is pretty cool because we saw a lot of yeah. the G League guys getting a chance to play. And we've seen the rising stars. Game. there's been a big emphasis and prioritization, it seems like, within the NBA around unproven but promising talent and Mm. to an extent has kind of hurt some of those vets maybe guys that like had an initial chance but didn't get a long leash maybe someone that's yourself and it feels like that's just kind of a revolving door about like who's the next shiny new toy that can be the the Mm. next great player to to the extent of vets getting pushed out for guys that haven't, haven't proven themselves in the league at all why do you feel like and you know just in your opinion that vets are kind of taking a back seat now to maybe some of this unproven talent um, that it seems like at points does work out, but it, for the most part, it's just guys going back through that that door of like short NBA stint and then they're out or going
0: overseas or whatnot. Um, I mean, I really, I, I just, I'm not really a guy that really, you know, gets into the. Um, I'm not like the. New era, old era, I don't really talk about it as mm-hmm. much. Uh, I think it's probably my first time really, you know, going at in depth into something like that. Um, but, I mean, you just got to – like, you got to accept it, the game the way it is. Like, you know, it's basketball. It's a way to play it. And, you know, older guys' opinions, and it's a way to play it. And, you know, the younger generation's opinion. So, it's just, you know, you got to gotta, gotta take it for what it is. And, I mean, you know, guys are coming in. Uh, explosive, more athletic, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know coming in and getting some highlights and, you know, I feel like you know the right people and you, you know, got the right people around you. It, it'll, you know, carry over, you know, a little bit longer in the league, but, you know, if not, you kind of just, you got to go and take advantage of the time you have there and, you know, make them remember your name for sure. Yeah.
1: No, I, I appreciate that. I, I know that uh, it's the politics of the game isn't is it really for everybody it's really not for me that I really asked that question because now playing in the big three you see the amount of talented people that yeah. had their shots in the NBA and didn't necessarily it feels like it's really hard like once you're out to get back in and be able to like stay and, and make your name for yourself mm-hmm. so I hope at some point there's just that balance of like vets being signed and then the young guys obviously having their spots as well and yeah you know for you, you you're having a lot of success playing overseas, but you just finished your first season of the big three
0: playing in the summer.
1: Mm. Let me ask you how you heard about the opportunity to play in the big three and what got you interested.
0: Um, well, first off, uh, I'm I'm a you know big fan of Ice Cube. Um, you know, I love what, you know, he's doing for the guys that aren't playing in the league, that still have a passion to play. Um, you know, that's that's huge. And uh, I'm thankful to be able to be a part of it. Um, and then I saw where there was the tryouts coming up in Vegas. So I decided to go out there, try out, you know, get around some of the guys and you meet some of the guys that, that have already played in the big three as well. Uh, I wasn't sure how the draft went never really watched the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, just enjoyed watching it on the weekends and to be a part of it. Um, it was a great experience, man. And like, again, I was just blessed to be a part of some major um, that, you know shows you know guys out there getting putting work in during the summer it's guys that we all know should be in the league and it's not but you know like I said you got to just take the game how it is and just continue to grind and you know be there for your family and you know just do it for yourself like some people get discouraged if they're not playing in the league and then just quit and I feel like the guys that's playing the big three you know that's you know, their, their mentality, they don't, you know, want to quit. They love the game, just period. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it gives guys a chance to go out there. It gives families a chance to come out, get something for the kids to come out, look up to. It. It's, it's really – that's what it comes down to, passing on to the, you know, next generation and giving them something to enjoy. And parents that, you know, probably want to play but don't, you know. Yeah. get to play. And then summer basketball is rare unless you go into, like, a pickup, pickup gym and, you know, or – a tournament in your local city, uh, but for Ice Cube to have it, where it's you know this this past year in Chicago and in Dallas, you know I gave people a chance to come out. Um, but I know when the tour was going, where they were going, in different cities. Mm-hmm. You know, it gave every city, you know, something to look forward to, and then it's you know televised on TV. So yeah, you know that that was it was a great experience, man. I'm blessed to be a part of it. What was your
1: kind of going back before you were actually drafted? You were playing a little bit in the Combine. I'm sure it's a bunch of hungry dudes trying to get an opportunity, which I don't think people put this in perspective enough. And I feel like, you I don't know if you looked at it through this lens, but if you haven't, you know, definitely need to give yourself a pat on the back. Because there's only 20 spots. It's like hundreds of people mm-hmm. fighting for 20 spots. You're one of 20 to enter the league. So, like, kudos to you for being drafted in the first place. But going back to the Combine experience, what was it like for you and did you talk to any of the captains or the coaches that were there? Did you have any indication of like maybe where you could go on your performance?
0: I did. I didn't. I had no clue at uh-huh. all. I just, you know, wanted to, you know, show face. I know I've gotten questions of, you know, where where's you know KJ now? What is he doing now? Playing and or is he not playing? And a lot of the people there already knew, and they were happy to see me there. Um, so. I mean, I got to speak to a few captains as well, but I wasn't sure where I was gonna land. I know when I was when I was uh when the draft was going on, I was on a flight actually. Oh okay. I'm not sure where too, but I was on a flight and I was they like, me and Josh Powell were texting and you know, he I think he was like letting me know that I got picked and I couldn't wait. Like I didn't I I didn't have any signal on the plane. So I had to wait till I got off and then that's when the text started coming in and I Saw where I got picked, so you know that was that was a blessing getting off a flight and getting that type of news because uh, I was watching it at first as much as I could before the flight took off. So it was, um, you know, it was it, it was fun. It was a you know blessing just to find out how I got picked and you know when I landed. So it was it was cool. All right, that's dope. You, you and JP go way back. Uh yeah, actually, uh, me and JP are good friends. Met him um, when I was in Houston. Okay. And he was, you know, on the coaching staff uh, with Houston, my rookie year. So ever since then, me and him been been locked in, and that's my guy.
1: Man, that's dope. And you guys got a chance to play together. I look at Killer3s kind of since, I would say probably since 2019, they've built built this really strong culture, and they've had, you know, some of the same guys, especially the captains, uh, Dante, Mm -hmm. Frank, and then JP have all been together for a little while and have built this culture. Can you tell me a little bit about like the Killer Threes culture, and was it like very noticeable as soon as you got in? Just like, can you talk to me a little bit about like the foundation they put on, or I should I should say like the emphasis they put on like really taking this serious and winning like within the league? Yeah, I mean
0: the culture is uh is fantastic, man. It's a it's definitely an under underdog culture. Like we have to go out there, and be gritty, be able to defend. Um, And just share the ball. I mean, you know, we have to go out there. I know we're we're probably, you know, not the, you know, favorites to win. That's you know, I know we're overlooked. So that was our thing going in, just being the underdog, staying hungry, um, and just playing hard, man. It's that's that's what the, you know, killer three culture is about. Um, Just going out there and you know, dominating, and you know, fighting through adversity, picking each other up. And I feel like that's something that we did, um, you know, this past season and it was just fun to be a part of the whole thing man just from you know the practices to you know just flying in the games like being there before the games watching the other games it was a great experience and then just watching the old games like when they first started with mm-hmm. you know Steven uh Steven Jackson big fan of him as well uh you know Ron Artest was on the team uh CJ Watson you know guys like that so just like not really knowing before I would be picked with that team. After I was picked, I went back, watched a lot of the videos, and just kind of saw how they were. And they were a gritty team, and you know it's a gritty league. Like it's it's for you know guys hungry that still want to play. Um, and, and I'm excited.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's gonna be a super fun year this year. You know, uh, yeah. with the, the tour going back on, being able to kind of rep some cities, maybe you played in or your hometown city potentially mm-hmm. at time. So. Man, that's cool. Uh, I gotta ask about Coach Oak. What's he like as your as your coach, and just your experience with him playing this year?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I honestly I couldn't believe it was you know Coach Oakley just going back or growing up watching him play against mm-hmm. you know the greats and playing with greats. Uh, but he's super chill. You know he he you don't take you know any any BS. Like, he just gonna shoot it straight to you, let you know what we need to do. And then, you know, he, he was coach that's on us. Like, if we're doing something, you know, like half ass, he's gonna let us know like right then and there. So, I mean, it's, it's good to have, you know, a coach like that, you know, behind you that, you know, it's not gonna cut, you know, uh, or sugarcoat anything, just gonna give it to you, you know, the way it is and need to be heard.
1: Is there like a quote that you, like, if you heard, someone say, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Coach Oak says that all the time. Or, like, if he said something, like, is there, like, a, a phrase or something that you've heard time and time again this past summer from Coach Oak that you just kind of tie to him?
0: I mean, just like, you know, we uh, he, he would say just, like, um, what, what would he say? Damn, let me see. He would say something like, you know, we can't get hit in the mouth or something, you know, just <laughs> or, you know, be tough, so. I mean, we already knew coming from you know, he probably he didn't even have to say much. We mm-hmm. really already knew like what, you know, what his mindset was. You know, to go out there, and hit first. You know what I'm saying, and then mm-hmm. you know, get the win. at The end of the day, that's what it's about. You yeah, know, winning. Um, so that was our main thing: focused on winning and you know playing defense and you know, not playing soft. Basically, you know, yeah. getting getting in there. You know, getting you know, having to push, get pushed around. they trying to push us around, push them back type thing. You know what I'm saying? For sure.
1: Yeah, I only ask because sometimes they have him mic'd up so you can hear him saying some stuff. And he seems like he's pretty funny, but I was just thinking, like, got to be funnier, like, in the locker room, like, pre-game when he's not, like, all, you know, mic'd up for people to listen. I to mean, that
0: no, he, he cool. I mean, he, he's a cool coach. He, um, you know, he came from an era where basketball is physical, so that's what he, you know, basically mentioned – so us just go out there and be physical. Don't, let, don't get pushed around and, you know, just win. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel that. Were there any adjustments you felt like you had to make coming into the league? Did you feel like you were pretty comfortable off-rip or did you feel like it took you a couple of th- games to get your, you know, feet under you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it took me a few games because, I mean, I wasn't really coming. I didn't come in playing like the entire game or, you know, something like that. I just get spurts in the beginning, but as it mm-hmm. went on, and I felt like he was, you know, gaining a little bit more, you know, trusting me to go out there and, you know, be active and just play my game. Yeah.
1: I, I definitely noticed that, too, I felt like further in the season. I felt like he tasked you a lot, especially down the stretch, with just guarding some of the best players on the other team, like offensively. Oh, yeah. Who do you feel like was the toughest to guard throughout, the, you know, your uh, first year in the
0: big three? I mean, uh, I have to, you know, go with uh, big bro Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bees is a he's uh, to me a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but uh, Bees was, I mean, he's he's cold. Like even yeah. man, he could use he's six six eight six nine. You know, can shoot from anywhere on the court. Um, you know, and could could play like from anywhere on the court. So you know, I think between him and um between him and Jarrell Jarrell Green. Um mm-hmm. uh, these are both guys that I, you know, looked, looked up to, you know, coming up, you know, uh, playing, enjoy watching their highlights, you know, on my grind to get to the NBA. So, you know, these are guys that I've, you know, looked, looked up to, been around, uh, you know, gotten to talk to. So, you know, going up against them, they just make me better. Yeah. yeah.
1: Those are – you bring up those two guys. I felt like those were two of the greatest games you had all year as well, like some two – like down-to-the-wire wins, like, some of the best Mm -hmm. games, especially, like, as you guys are, like, fighting to still stay in playoff contention and everything. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy, but to be able to to guard those dudes and come out with the win as well. Do you – were there any surprises within your first year playing in the league?
0: Uh, Not really. No Mm -hmm. surprises. Everybody was, you know, welcoming. Uh, A lot of guys that, you know, I hadn't seen in a while. Um, we were, you know, all happy to see each other, see each other doing well, playing, staying healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I don't really have any complaints. Um, You know, maybe just, you know, a lot more tick. You know, that's the only thing that, you know, I get – every player is going to ask for, not playing as much. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of been my story throughout my entire career, just kind of having to prove myself and, you know, um, uh, prove people wrong. And, you know, it's, it's nothing that I look forward to doing. It's just something that, you know, you have to have to do and just kind of read the room and, you know, see how it's being played out. But, um, you know, it's a blessing at the end of the day. And, you know, I know what I could do. Yeah. And, you know, if I have to, you know, wait to, you know, wait for a few games to go by, and then when I'm out there, I just show it then. It's not, you know, I, I know what I could do, though. So Yeah. And I feel like you did a good and job. And I really harp on I feel like you did a really good job of just
1: making the most of your opportunities as well. And that's why Absolutely. Coach O'Gain gained so much trust in you down the stretch. So really hoping, you know, to see whether you run it back with them or not, really hoping to see you back in the league. And I hear that a lot too, just from guys that I've spoken with in the past is some of the best parts are just the camaraderie and being able to see guys you haven't seen in a while on um, like for like eight to 10 weeks straight, you just get to like hang, kind of hang out with these dudes on a weekend. Yeah, so man. That's, yeah, that's got to be pretty game, cool. man.
0: It's a great experience. I enjoyed my team uh, uh with you know frank don uh dante j p um they're great guys man and and then having coach Oak they, they're all great dudes, and I had fun with them and it's it's you know I'm learning like i was the i was the youngest of the bunch, so you know I'm still you know learning from them you know as we went through the season and we got to practice and play play against each other and got to kind of fill out each other's game so that was fun. Yeah.
1: Last thing I want to ask about the league, just anyone you'd want to see play in the league that hasn't played in the league yet this upcoming summer? Obviously, you want to see yourself back playing with the team and just mm. getting that opportunity again. But anyone that you'd want to see that hasn't played yet, maybe someone under the radar, oh, right. or even, even someone that's maybe just haven't played in a
0: while? Um, I don't really – I really don't know. Um, I'm going to say probably – since I'm out here in the Philippines, uh, Carmelo's out here uh, as a Globe ambassador, so I'll probably like to see him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. uh, you know, uh, and probably J.R. Smith. Yeah. Who else uh, hasn't played? Um, what about your boy Dan? and probably Jamal, <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Crawford, and J.B.
1: Uh-huh. Oh
0: yeah, I mean J.B. I know he would you know love the opportunity to you know play in it as well. Uh, and. You know, congrats to JB and his team doing well in the Euro Cup. I mean, that's my that's my guy. So, yeah, I mean, i, I like to see him as well. I could go down the list of yeah. players that, you know, I, I would want to see in it. Um, But those are just names that pop pop up that I've seen, you know, like on social media. So mm-hmm.
1: Those are three I'd love to see as well. I, at this point, I think I'm hoping if enough people say Jamal Crawford that they want to see play in the league, maybe he'll, you know, get back into the game. But he seems like he's pretty – He's pretty settled
0: with this new yeah, broadcasting role. Yeah, I mean they don't have nothing to prove. None of those guys. Yeah, have to prove to at all. It's just fan favorites. Uh you know they already solidified in the game. So it's um, those are just people I, I think of when I when you ask that question. But yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, you know we get the chance. If I get the chance to you know play with Killer Threes again, I'm definitely you know going to be there in, in the yellow yeah. and black. Yeah,
1: be cool to see you play with Jaren again. Just kind of get the Clemson boys back. So. Oh, uh, we we'll see what yeah. happens.
0: Any, any Anytime that, yeah, anytime that combo come up, it's going to be a problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> Facts, facts. Last thing I
1: wanted to ask and I'll let you go. You just released a new, your new shoe. Tell me about like kind of the, the design, I guess like ideas that came into it. Like how did this idea first come about? And then what's kind of the
0: background behind why you designed it the way you did? Okay. Well, yeah. Um, it's a uh, street sport. Uh, they're out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I re—I just got connected with with those guys. Uh, so when I was in the G League I, uh, with the Grand Rapids Drive, I had a teammate, uh, Zeke Zeke Upshaw. You know, rest in peace. He, he passed away. Um, and you know, we, me, and you know, Speedy and his mom would still talk every once in a while. Um, and they did like an event uh, for Zeke for the foundation, and Stria was a part of it. Um, so I reached out to them, um, you know, and I wanted to, you know, basically see if I can collaborate with them in honor of Zeke and them doing a the shoe and Zeke. So, um, so that was really my main reason for reaching out with them. And since then, Eric has been a, you know, great, uh, guy for me and, you know, we've been working with each other and they've sent me shoes. I've been able to play in them. They're, they're comfortable shoes, uh real light. So. Um, we came up with with the with the Mardi Gras Soul Foodies edition. It's um, it's so it's February. That's the month of Mardi Gras, uh, which originated in Mobile, Alabama. I know everybody thinks it's a New Orleans thing. Mm-hmm. They just took it to another level, and I know it's <laughs> you know celebrated down there a lot. But yeah, it originally started in Mobile, and now it's my birth. That's my mm-hmm. birth town. So those colors on there, we put it on there um, in honor. Of, you know my family state uh, back at home, um, and then I, we have the thirty-two um, X fourteen on it. That's you know those are my numbers that you know I played mm-hmm. in most of my basketball careers. A lot of meanings behind those numbers. I can go down, you know, all day about the reason why. Uh, and it has my logo on it, and then on the inside, um, you know, you take a marker and you can write in whatever, you know, whatever motivates you. Uh, oh, going. so it's on one side it has my logo then and the inside that's where you write in whatever quote you know keeps you you know going Yeah, and since since we uh, since I've been working with them they've been number helpful. helpful um, you know I've had a lot of people asking me and you know telling me the shoes are fire I need to cop a pair. so you know link is in my Instagram bio and it's basically just you know a shoe that reminds me of home you know it gives me reminders or you know, who I do it for and, um, you know, where I found the love of, game, uh, of basketball, you know. Um, yeah. Playing with my dad, you know, a lot of my guys growing up, uh, my cousins, a lot of family that's been out there with me since I was, you know, young playing. Um, so that's for them. And, um, you know, it, it just keeps me motivated. Every time I look at the shoe, it just keeps me motivated, you know, what's important and who I do it for.
1: That's dope. Yeah, the shoes are like – the shoes are fire, Definitely, like I appreciate it. looking into it. I never really heard of Stria before, but you're saying they're comfortable and stuff, so I'm gonna definitely check them out.
0: Maybe nah, try to compare myself. So. It's a it's it's a, it's a, it's an upcoming you know shoe uh, shoe brand that's gonna change the game. I think it's a it's a great shoe. Like they they got different models, you know, different guys. Uh, I think uh, X X and uh, Ray John Tucker over in okay. Australia they uh-huh. rock them as well. Okay. So, um
1: they're having yeah, good I mean, it's,
0: it's a grown brand. Too. It's a it's a growing brand, man. Yeah, they're having a good season. Congrats to those guys. But yeah, that's 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 the soul foodies. I like it.
1: Man, I'm gonna je- definitely have to check them out and make sure whoever's listening, check those out. They're in an Instagram bio and in your Instagram. What's your in- Instagram app? So you- oh, yeah, it's K-O-C-M-J. So definitely go over there, check those out. They're fire shoes. Like, I really like the design sure, a lot. Man, I so appreciate that. Hope to see a few more people rocking it. them. But, man, I appreciate sure. the time. Best of luck the rest of the the PBA season. Continue to put on. And then excited to see, you know, you back in the league this summer, doing your thing and maybe getting a little bit more opportunity to run with, every, with whatever team in hopes of making a playoff run, making a championship run this summer.
0: For sure. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, sure. for having me. Yep. All appreciate right. it.
1: All right. That was our interview with KJ McDaniels. Just want to say once again to KJ, appreciate you for coming on the show. KJ right now is actually playing over there in the Philippines for the PBA league. So just really appreciate him taking the time to come on the show, stay up late, you know, during his travel schedules, you know, after games, things like that. It's something that we've been trying to coordinate and really just appreciate him like carving out some time for us and telling his, you know, his perspective on the NBA his perspective on his first year in the big three and everything else we talked about. And guys, you should go check out those shoes. They look pretty dope. I'm thinking about them, giving something different, something I'm not familiar with a try. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go with those because they're, they're fired. They, the design is really sick and just really cool to see, you know, the collaboration he's doing um, with those guys over there. So thank you. Thank you again to KJ and thank you to everyone who's tuned in to another episode of the fourth man. Again, if you're not already following us on social media at Fourth Man Pod, updates, news, things going on around the league, information about the podcast, everything that you need to know about the big three, probably more so are going to find it on a day to day basis on our social media. So make sure you're checking that out. Again, if you want to watch the visual versions of our podcast, youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. Starting to put up some reels. I'm, I'm working and, and cooking up a few more. So know some different type of content over there so make sure you know you're subscribed have the notification bell on and make sure you get all those updates and then again appreciate you guys from believe dash network and the nothing but net channel for the platform you provide us with each and every week we'll be back very soon hopefully we get some new new updates from around the league but until then we'll see you guys next time